Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are. You know what time it is. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about why you should buy, even consider buying rental properties that have non-paying tenants or squatters in them. Now, last week, we talked about the CDC stepping in and saying, guess what? Uh, rent, you can't evict people uh, for being late on the rent until December 31st. And I think that caught everybody by surprise. It certainly caught me by surprise. I didn't even know that the CDC could do such a thing. And lo and behold, apparently they can. So who knew, right? Well, it's the problem is it's it's in place is what it is. Now we got to suck it up and deal with it. So to some degree, some people are like panicking, throwing the towel in, want to get rid of this, their properties. Other people are don't just stunned and don't know what to do. As far as buyers, buyers are a lot of buyers, a lot of people I talk to are going, dude, there's no way in hell I'd buy a, a property right now, a rental property, because I can't evict the tenants. And I'm going, wait a minute, guys, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why would you not buy based on that? Now, I know, obviously, you probably think I'm crazy mentioning that because after all, the tenant's not paying the bill, right? So that's a terrible thing. We shouldn't buy, right? No, wrong. We should absolutely look at this as a huge opportunity to grow, to put together and negotiate a great deal. Now, landlords that have a non-paying tenant, they're most often in deep financial trouble. There's a lot of landlords don't have reserves when they bought properties. They didn't have enough reserves. If they had some reserves at all, a lot of them don't even have any reserves. They're buying on a shoestring. And guess what? Most of the landlords out there have a mortgage payment. Not all, but a lot of them have mortgage payments to deal with. And they don't have any money set aside, the oh shit money set aside to solve problems when the landlord or the tenants don't pay. Because everybody thought if the tenant doesn't pay, well, I can simply put them out on their butt. Well, guess what? Now you're married to them until December 31st at a minimum. And guys, we all know when this happened the first time around, they said September 30th or August 31st or whatever the, the most recent date was. Everybody's like, yeah, but on September 1st, everything's fine. Huh. Well, guess what? They just extended it and don't think they won't extend it again. We got a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Civil unrest all over the place. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. We don't know who our president's going to be. We may have a disputed election that may drag on for months and months and months. Understand this. During the whole time of this election, not a whole lot of legislation is going to take place because all eyes are going to be on the presidency, and that's what's going to capture everybody's attention. So if you think Congress and the Senate are lazy now and always on vacation, I got news for you. The backlog of attention is about to get worse, a lot worse. So this extension is highly likely. I would almost be willing to bet on it if I was a betting man that this eviction moratorium will be extended past the first of the year. Okay. So then what? You still don't buy? No, you absolutely look at it because here's the thing. Anything can be worked out. Any problem can be solved. If you take a minute, step back from it a second and figure it out. Now, here's the good news. I'm not asking you to go out and buy a property today and make a decision tomorrow. Okay. You can find opportunities where a landlord has not received his rents. He's behind on mortgage and you can take all the time you want to make a decision and negotiate these deals because understand that your pants aren't on fire. Their pants are on fire. So take a step back, take a deep breath, look at the situation and come up with potential solutions. Okay. Non-paying tenants means number one, that the owner needs to make mortgage payments, even though the tenant's not paying. Okay. They also get to understand this. Most landlords are only receiving at the end of the day, a few hundred dollars in profit. And some, some of them are even less than that every month anyway. I know a lot of you folks that don't own property yet think that every landlord is getting rich and they're all making, you know, if they get a thousand dollars rent, then they're all getting $900 or a thousand dollars a month in profit. And that's not the case. In many cases, the landlords out of a thousand dollar rent or a 750 rent or whatever it may be are getting the equivalent of pennies in cash flow every month, maybe a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks. 
Okay, that's quite likely because I can tell you that anybody's bought, most people that have bought in the last several years have grossly overpaid and they're really not cash flowing. They're receiving rent, but at the end of the day, they're paying bills and whatnot. You blow a water heater on a Saturday afternoon and if you're cash flowing a hundred bucks a month positive, let's say, and you blow a water heater and you got to shell out 800 bucks to get the plumber out there on a Saturday to take care of it, that just sucked up eight months of cash flow. So imagine if the tenant's not paying the rent also, that puts a landlord in a tough situation, okay? Non-paying tenants means that the owner needs to make these mortgage payments even though the tenant's not paying the rent. Although some landlords can handle this financial burden, understand that most cannot for very long. Now, I realize that not all tenants are late. In fact, I looked at the stats, 24% of multifamily tenants, I couldn't find anything on single family, but 24% of multifamily tenants have not paid their rent in full as of September 6th, 2020. Back a year ago in, 20, in September of 2019, that figure was 18.8%. So essentially 6% of in, 6, give 6% some change increase, 6% more tenants. And we're talking about millions of people. That represents millions of people at 6% have not paid their rent in full. That means the situation's getting worse, okay? This tells me that there's a good chance that a landlord either currently has or will have non-paying tenants in the near future. So now's the time to get the attention of these landlords. Now, I understand that there's it depends or there's a what if in every situation, but statistically, if you've got almost 25% of the people laid on rent just in the multifamily sector, and I'm sure there's some leeway of inaccuracy in those numbers, maybe it's 20%, maybe it's 30%. We haven't even got to the point to where October, because what just happened, unemployment froze up. I think they stopped unemployment in July, right? End of July is the last unemployment checks, I believe. So all the folks that were collecting unemployment are no longer collecting unemployment. They're getting diddly skip. Now, some of them are getting paid a pittance, a small amount from their state, but they're not getting the extra stimulus from the federal government because all the morons in Washington are fighting back and forth trying to figure out what's what. Well, we know how that's going to work out. They're probably not going to agree to anything until after the election, which is at its earliest, November 3rd. So I'd be curious to see what the numbers are going to tell us in October and November. I think this 24% is going to increase. When this number increases, that means more motivated landlords are going to be out there that are going to be looking to offload these properties. They've got to stop the bleeding. The only ways they can get out of this is they can borrow more money to keep up with their mortgage payments, but all that does is put them deeper in debt, let's be honest. So I guess if you're a predatory lender, now's your time to shine, right? But if you're a good guy and you want to help some folks out, you know now's a great time to consider buying their properties. Stop the bleeding for them. And you think to yourself, why in the hell would I buy it if there's non-paying tenants in there? Well, I'm going to tell you how to buy it here in a second or why you should buy it more, more importantly, because I think there's a couple things here you might be overlooking. First of all, the next question a lot of people are going to ask me is, how in the heck do I find these sellers? How do I know who's receiving rent and who's not receiving rent? Well, a lot of investors I know tend to chase their leads. In other words, they beg, borrow, and steal to get leads. Realtors cutting their commission. I'll sell your house for free for 4.5% if you just do me the honor of letting me serve you for free. That's ridiculous. That's chasing leads. We've talked about this a million times. We have to attract our leads. How do we do it? Now, we do that with targeted marketing. What does that mean? That means direct mail, social media ads, paid advertising, billboards, bandit signs, print ads and newspapers. Hell, advertising trade magazines that target property managers and landlords. Google search landlord newsletter or landlord magazine, and you'll get all kinds of publications out there that you've probably never heard of. And I'm willing to bet you that most of them allow some sort of advertising for a fee. NARPM is a good source. National Association of Residential Property Managers. If you want to go to their website, it's NARPM.org. NARPM.org. You go over there, you can run an ad there. 
your property managers are also a target market that you'd be searching for because these folks control the properties that the sellers own. Now, in first contact, don't be surprised if the sellers resistant to share their financial woes with, okay, they call up on the phone. They're not probably not going to be forthcoming. And I wouldn't blame them. They're probably a little embarrassed that this applies to them and whatnot. Even and the first thing I want you to know is reassure them if they share this information, number one, that they're not alone. Have a heart, be human with, explain to them that First of all, I'm not going to say don't worry because I know this has got to be a painful situation, but understand, Mr. Jones, that I'm here to help. I'm not guaranteeing I can solve this problem, but I'm going to do everything I can in my power to help you out if I can. Is that fair? Of course, they're going to say yes. And then listen to them. Ask a pointed question. Ask them where they are. When was the last time they received rent? If they got a 20-unit building or 100-unit building, how many units are non-paid? How many months have they not been paid? Okay, You're still going to have these conversations to figure out the current events of where they are now because you can't solve any problems if you're not crystal clear on where the situation exists right now. How far in the in the mud are they? Once you understand that, now you can start thinking about, well, we know that we cannot evict these non-paying tenants until December 31st. So that means it's now September 10th as I record this. That's uh, September, October, November, December. That's four months of mortgage payments that have to be paid with no income or at least limited income to pay them. So that's probably one of the first things, guys, that we're going to want to address because it's probably one of the most important things the seller's thinking about right now. I doubt the seller's thinking about the income, not so much about how much their profit is, is being left out. What they're thinking about is their credit's getting destroyed. Every month it goes by and no mortgage payments made. So the first way we're going to look at this problem is how can we solve this problem? Can we buy the property from the landlord? Now, some of you out there are cash buyers. If you want to pay cash and buy it, pay off the mortgage, great. Others of you don't have much cash. So the question I'd ask you is, do you have enough to make up the payments that are in, that are in arrears? Can you raise the money? Yes, of course you can raise the money. Well, Tyler, I don't know how to raise private money. Yes, you do, because if you don't know how to raise private money and you haven't gone over to privatemoneycrashcourse.com, spent 50 bucks, and bought my course to teach you exactly what you need to do to raise money, you're out of excuses. You can raise the money. It's not that hard, okay? You can learn over the course of a weekend for a whopping 50 bucks and about 12 hours of your time how to raise money to buy any property you want. I don't care if it's a single-family residence. I don't care if it's a parking lot, a mobile home park, or a 500-unit apartment building. doesn't matter. You will learn what you need to know to raise money and keep it simple in the private money crash course. Okay, so you're going to ask yourself, how do we, what are we going to do? What's next in the situation? Okay. So we've, you got to understand that if you just reach out to people and you like cold call them and start telling them what their problem is, you're going to have some people that are offended. Okay. If you go to find a landlord, you know, maybe you're at the local, you're at the club and the guy says, oh, I'm a rent, I'm a landlord, man, it must be suck. It must be terrible not receiving rent. Well, to some people that's going to piss them off. Someone like me, I'm going to look at you like you had two heads. What are you talking about? My, my tenants aren't paying are paying, I should say. I don't have any of these problems right now. <laughs> Doesn't mean that's going to be forever, but I don't have the problem right now. So I don't want to hear your, you giving me a diagnosis until you first had a consultation. Ask them what their situation is. How is it working out for them? How are things? Have they talked to their tenants? There's lots of solutions you can do. You can take a property. By the way, you don't have to pay, go out and pay cash for property. You don't have to get a mortgage yourself. You can take a property subject to the existing mortgage, which is a very simple transaction where you basically continue making the payments on behalf of the seller. The, the mortgage stays in the seller's name and the payments keep coming. 
I'm here to tell you, especially if it's a private mortgage, which a lot of investor properties are, the lender, the bank, I tell you, I got loans out right now that I don't really give a rat's patooie who makes my mortgage payments as long as they make them. Okay. Now, obviously we want to know that information and they might get a little testy when they find that, when they, when they find that out. But realistically, most, most cases, the banks aren't even going to find out. What they're looking for is their payments. They're not looking for a whole lot else. Okay. So think about that for a second. Now I realize that most sellers think they've got a boatload of equity. They're in denial. They think their property, their duplex is worth $400,000 and they want to get full price for it. Well, guys, what I can tell you is this is where building rapport comes in. Because at this stage of the game, you may not convince them otherwise because they've been told by the news that, and by realtors and everybody else, that their properties are worth a fortune. And I'll be honest with you, that may very well be the case, especially if they've got tenants that are paying the bills. Now, if you want to really get a great deal, I would go out and search for the properties that the tenants are not paying. I would, on purpose, focus on these properties first and foremost, because the urgency for the seller to sell the property is right in your face. Okay. These sellers are looking for a problem to be solved right away. Here's the deal. You got to ask yourself, why should you buy these problems? Understand this. You can analyze the deal upfront and allow for either reduced or no income payments for at least six months to a year, whatever it may take. Here's what that looks like. When you analyze the deal, pretend that no money's coming in for a year. So that means you're when you buy the deal, you're going to have to go into the deal and raise the money or have the cash on hand to cover the mortgage payment for six months or a year. If, let's say if we're talking about a year, let's do that a year. When I buy a property before COVID-19, I had two years of reserve set aside. Yeah, some people think that's crazy, but I don't have any of the drama going on that a lot of folks do right now because I set aside that money. So if people did stop paying the bill, guess what? I can continue to pay my mortgage and keep people from freaking out on me, right? My investors are getting paid no matter what because we built in reserves in every deal. We can't go back and do what we haven't done before. Granted, so if you haven't put aside that money, the seller hasn't put aside that money, it's too late for that problem. But for you going in, you obviously don't want to step in the seller's quicksand. So one way to not be in their quicksand is to inform them that for you to do this deal, you're going to have to come up with a cash and set that aside, which if it were me, I would take that out of the seller's hide, out of the seller's equity, where you so that you can cover the mortgage payments for six months or a year, because we all know this could very easily take a year to get settled out or more. Remember, these amounts can be taken from the equity due to the seller. You got a seller that thinks he wants full price for his property, but both tenants in there are deadbeats and he's got a you know thousand dollar month mortgage payment. You're gonna have to have a come to Jesus moment with him. You're gonna have to have the tough conversation. But you're also gonna have to have some some compassion to let him know that you're there to solve the problem. And the only way you can solve the problem is to be honest with him. You can't blow smoke up their skirt and help them because you're gonna give them false hope. This is where being honest, being truthful, even though it's going to hurt a little bit, it's going to be hard to have that conversation with the seller is going to be very, very important. Okay. Now structured properly, you should be able to create incredibly profitable deals for both you and your partner investors while helping a seller avoid further pain and torture. Guys, it's a little, it's ugly now. It's fixing to get a lot uglier. But if you know that going in, you can factor that into the deal. You can build it into the deal. If you guys have a specific deal that you can't figure out how to do this, send me an email. Tell me about the deal. I'll send you one of my deal review forms. I'll walk you through how to set enough money aside to cover the expenses while we wait for the poo-poo to, to hit the fan and then settle somewhere. Now, negotiating terms, seller financing, will be easy if you let it be because understand the sellers, even though they're not going to like the idea, they're still incredibly motivated. They got unpaid expenses. They're hanging over their head. They got pressure. It's it's Everything is just bad, bad, bad. And you watch the news, it gets 10 times worse. Everybody's scared. I'm not saying to take advantage of people, but leverage that fear 
into gaining their attention so you can help. Okay. Here's a list of some of the factors I put together that you can share with the seller. And this is legit. Okay. These are things that you should have a conversation with the seller. It's going to help you put the deal together. Understand, do you tell them, Mr. Mr. Seller, understand the tenants are not required to pay a penny for the, at least the rest of 2020. And we both know that date could be extended even further. You know, Mr. Seller, when they said that August 31st, I thought, well, that's fine. We can get things back on track, but then they extended it till December 31st. And by all means, what really blew me away was the Center for Disease Control extended it. Well, who else has such powers? I'd like to know. Are we, are we waiting for another surprise to come on December 31st? Now, that will probably prompt the seller to say, then why the hell are you willing to do this? Well, Mr. Seller, I'm going to build that in when I, when I analyze this deal. And I'm going to make sure that I've got the money set aside to allow for at least a year of no rent. See, I can, I can work on that if I know it up front, which we both know you getting surprised by this. And we were all surprised, Mr. Seller. Here's an important part. Mr. Seller, it's not your fault because nobody could have even imagined that this was a thing. Anybody that tells you they, they knew this was coming is lying because everybody got caught by surprise on this. Everybody. But Mr. Seller, since I haven't bought it yet, I can work on this in the front end and hopefully cover the expenses for the, at least a year and then I'll be safe. Now that's going to give them peace of mind if you're negotiating seller financing terms. Explain to them when evictions are allowed, imagine the backlog that's forming and building every minute of the day. It could take a very long time for the eviction course to even be case session should say, to even be heard, which Mr. Seller, that's why I'm setting aside a year of expenses or maybe even more. Now, I'm going to step outside for us of this conversation for just a second, just to give you a little bonus footage here, bonus content. You explain to them why, how much money you're going to put into this to make this deal safe for you. So when they come back and say they want a down payment or something, you're going to explain to them that a down payment is not possible or must be significantly less than they want because you already have to escrow a whole bunch of money to cover the expenses that the tenants rightfully should be paying. And you don't know when you'll have the right to evict these tenants. And to be fair, if you don't pull that money out and raise that money up front, it's highly likely that you will wind up in the same situation the seller's in now. And what sense would that make? Because that helps no one, okay? If the tenants are paying now, guys, I'm talking to a seller and they're like, yeah, my tenants are paying now. The seller needs to understand there's no guarantee that it'll continue. The guy that's fat and, fat and sassy and has his job may not have his job later, okay? That's perfectly possible. You know, we got police forces. We got entire leadership crews of police forces resigning. We got government officials dropping like flies. We got people just walking off the job. And in some cases, we got people that are getting paid more to sit on their ass at home than they are to work. And eventually, well, not eventually, it's already happened. Their unemployment benefits got cut off because the Nimrods in D.C. can't agree. There's no telling when unemployment or if any additional unemployment is even going to come. So just because somebody's comfortable and everything's rosy now, don't mean it's going to last. Keep that in mind, okay? If the rent's coming in, it's going to be even harder. If it's not coming in, I mean, it's going to be even harder to keep up with the maintenance. That's because you don't have the money. Maybe you're trying to make up a portion of the mortgage payment. That's going to be hard and maintain the property at the same time, which means the property is going to fall into disrepair, which Mr. Jones means this property is going to be even harder to sell a year from now. I'm willing to give you much more for the property now than anyone would consider to give you six months or a year from now. As the property continues to deteriorate, as the tenants may potentially continue to abuse the property or start abusing the property because they're having a bad time, that's only going to work against you. It's going to make it harder to get things done. I don't want to see that happen to you. And I think we can stop that from happening if you sell me your property sooner rather than later. Okay. Understand the situation gets worse every single month and shake your head when you're saying it, telling them that this will likely not improve until 2021 or later. Mr. Jones, all of the 
everything, the economists and everybody's saying that nothing's going to really start getting better until at least 2021 or later. And that depends on who winds up getting elected. We don't even know who's going to be our next president. We don't know who's going to be in the Senate, who's going to be in the House. We don't know anything about the future right now. It's a complete big fat question mark. And that's scary for everyone. That's why I have to go buy this property and be conservative. Mr. Seller, we both have to face facts and understand that squatters aren't known for keeping their homes in great shape. Okay. You can expect renovations to be required once you finally have the chance to evict them. In fact, when I'm looking at this deal, I'm allowing for the fact that I'm going to have to go in and spend thousands of dollars for every unit to, to move the garbage out, to detrash these things, right? To junk them out, get all the, the tenants garbage out. Everything's going to have to be crazy clean because let's think about the new tenants coming in. We have COVID-19 going on right now. Everybody's scared of COVID-19. Most people are anyway. And you can likely bet that the new tenant coming in is going to have that in the front of their mind. I got to make sure this thing is, these units are as clean as a hospital operating room or I'm going to have a heck of a time running them out. That's a valid concern, guys. And when you're bringing this stuff up, especially when you're shaking your head, the seller, yes, you're shaking your head, yes, the seller is going to start to agree with you. See, they're going to start to devalue their own property, which is gold for you. Understand that the sellers, they, right now, they're not going to be able to play the game with you they would have six months ago and saying, well, I know it's only renting for 500 now, but it'll rent for 1,000 when you get your tenants in here. You can't, nobody can say that anymore. That's complete crap. And you can call them on that politely. You know, Mr. Seller, there was a time where your rent is 750 now. It might have been able to get $1,000, but we both know that's not going to happen because there's a diminishing pool of available renters. The same number of people that were available to rent and had the money to pay that $1,000 you talked about are not in the marketplace anymore. They're not in the $1,000 budget. They can now only afford 800 which means I can only raise the rents 50 bucks a piece, and that's not going to cover the improvements that I have to do every time a tenant moves out. These are valid things, folks. There's not a thing here that I've mentioned that a, that a landlord can effectively argue because it's all based in fact. Okay, When you talk to a, a landlord, the seller of these properties, and you focus on what's fact, and you don't go way off into the left field, you focus on what's legitimate, what any reasonable person would think is factual, and bring it up. Okay. The other thing to think about, if you're, if you're someone that's focusing on the larger apartments, there's a lot of syndicators out there that made some pretty lofty projections. There's a lot of syndicators out there that did deals simply so they could get the acquisition. Yeah, they get 2 3 4% to you paid by their investors up front that goes in their pocket to buy these properties. And then they hope that they can get some cash flow out of it maybe. And then when these things sell, they're going to get a piece of the, of the equity. Well, now these syndicators have realized their equity is out the window. It's going to take years for equity. So all these guys that did syndications in the last two, three, four years ago, or worse, five years ago, are coming due. Okay. These balloons agreements with their investors are going to be coming due. And it's highly likely that they're not going to meet their projections, which means a lot of syndicators, a lot of operators probably going to face getting fired. A lot of lawsuits flying around, a lot of drama going on. A lot of people wanting to dump properties in a hurry. Properties that did that little lipstick on a pig thing, thought everything would be great, raised a bunch of money. They gave a 7% preferred return or God, worse, 12. I saw, I saw one recently. They were offering a 8% preferred return in a market where the average median income was 40 grand a year. Okay. And they were saying that they could raise the rents from 600 to 900 in a market where the average median income was 40,000 a year. Got news for you. That dog doesn't hunt. Those numbers don't work. That's a, that's a syndicator that doesn't know the market. Now that same syndicator is going to be in deep doo-doo when all this starts hitting. It already has started hitting, but when it really starts taking shape, oh boy, it's going to be ugly. Guys, that means deals for you. That means great opportunities for you. But for that to happen, you got to get out there and start talking to people. You got to do some marketing. You got to be looking for motivated seller leads. Don't waste your time talking to sellers that aren't motivated. Now is the time 
where you need to get out there and focus your energy on only the people that are motivated. Don't pay any attention to people that are fishing and trying to get top dollar. Leave those for the suckers. Leave those for the newbies. You get out there and be smart. Wholesalers, brokers, you can make a killing in what's happening right now if you're out there marketing for motivated seller leads. You can, realtors get these things listed. Wholesalers, get your buyers in line, find out what they're willing to pay, get these things under contract. Everybody go out there, make some money. You don't have to get hurt by this if you're educated by it. If you understand what to do, you know how to do it, get out there and make some money. Have a great week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.